Good morning. Today is Friday, June 3rd, 2022. In November 1938, it was clear that the Jewish communities in Europe, especially Poland and Lithuania, were in trouble. Of course, very few people could foresee the horror of what was about to happen, but it was pretty clear that there was danger on the horizon. And there was one man from that part of the world who found himself in America. And he was there on a visit and he was preparing to come back home to Europe, to Poland. His name was Rabbi Elchanan Wasserman. Perhaps you've heard of him. He was one of the greatest Talmudic scholars and teachers of the pre-World War II Jewish world. He wrote works on commentary to the Talmud that are studied all over the world to this day. My own copy of his works is worn and with notes in the margin. And he is a person that people today study intently. Among his many accomplishments, though, the highest accomplishment in Rebel Hanan's life was the yeshiva that he created, known by the name of the town in which it was located, Baranovich. And it was a yeshiva for young teenage students before they went on to more advanced Torah learning. And he was traveling to America to raise funds to support his yeshiva. But while he was there in 1938, it was clear that for Rav Hanan to return would be to risk his life. And so people in New York especially pleaded with him, stay here, don't go back. The world needs you alive. The Torah world needs your teaching. If you go back, God forbid, who knows what will happen to you there. Please stay here until it's safe. And Rav Hanan refused. He clearly understood the danger, but he said, I belong with my students. I belong in my yeshiva in Baranovich. And he said to those who tried to urge him to stay in America, he said, but my students in Europe I am their father, and they are my children. A father does not abandon his children. He did return, and he and many of his students did ultimately perish in the Kovna ghetto. What was the source of Rav Hanan's strong feeling about returning? He did have his own children. Some of his sons 
perished in the Holocaust, some of them survived and went on to become among the great Torah teachers in the post-war generation. I want to share with you an insight from Rabbi Tzvi Hirschweinrib, who suggests that the answer, the basis of Rav Hanan's deep feeling comes from our Torah portion, this Shabbos, the Parsha Bamidbar. The Torah tells us in this week's Parsha, Ve'ele toldos Aharon u'Moshe, Biyom Dibar Hashem es Moshe Bahar Sinai. These are the generations, the offspring of Aharon and Moshe. Seems like a straightforward Pasuk. But here's what's incredible about that Pasuk. And Rashi points this out. Because the Torah says, Ela told us Aaron and Moshe. We would expect to find listed the names of the children of Aharon and Moshe. That's what the Pasuk says. That's what the Pasuk announces it's going to tell us. And yet, what the Torah actually does is list the names of the children of Aharon. Look in the whole Torah portion. You will not find anywhere the names of Moshe's own children. Only the names of Aaron. So if the Torah wants to tell us the names of Aaron's children, why does it begin by saying the words, Ele told us Aaron Moshe? Listen carefully to the words of Rashi. Ve'enemazkir el b'nei Aaron. After the Torah sets up this expectation that it's going to tell us the offspring, the children of Aaron and Moshe, it only mentions the sons of Aaron. Vinikru told those Moshe, but they are considered, they are called in our Parsha, the sons of Moshe. Lefishalamdan Torah, because Moshe was their teacher. Moshe taught them Torah. Melamed, and Rashi continues and says, This comes to teach us. Shekol hamelamedes ben chaveru Torah, whoever teaches someone else's child Torah, malalavakosav kilu yoldo. The Torah, God considers it as if that teacher is the parent. And Revolchanan took those words to heart. And he felt for his students far away. And he felt for them precisely what a father would feel for his children. And it was inconceivable to him that he should remain in safety while his own children were in danger. And so he returned to Europe. He returned to Baranovich. And he was murdered, along with some of his students, by the Nazis in the Kovna ghetto. That story is well known. Perhaps you've heard that story. I heard that story for the first time probably about 50 years ago. It's a well-known story. But Rav Tzvi Hirsch Weinreb adds a footnote that is just incredible. Because Rav Tzvi Hirsch Weinreb heard 
from one of his students, one of those students who was back in Baranovich. At that time, he was a teenager. And this is one of the students who survived the war. And later, years later, Rav Tzvi Hirsch Weinreb knew this person. His name was Rav Shmuel David Warshavik. I'm sorry, I think I mispronounced that. Rav Shmuel David Warshavshik. I apologize. Warshavshik of blessed memory. So he was one of the boys. Now listen to this. The rest of the story is that this Warshavshik told, he said that we, the teenage boys who were stuck in Baranovich, we knew Rav would return. We knew our Rebbe, our teacher, would return to us. Even though he was in America, even though he was safe, even though he could have saved his life, even though he knew he would know coming back to us would endanger his own life, we teenage boys who were stuck there in Baranovich knew that he would return. We were absolutely certain that he would not abandon us and that he would risk his life, his life to rejoin us. We knew he considered himself a father and we felt that way to him. We were his children. Now, of course, to be a teacher, you have to know and be able to communicate the material that you're teaching, obviously. A good teacher will also transmit something of the enthusiasm and the appreciation for the material that is being taught. But to be a great teacher, there's a secret to being a great teacher. To be a great teacher is to have the ability to instill within your students the sense that you, their teacher, care about them as you care about your own children. Students who are confident in their teacher's concern for their well-being are then capable of learning the deepest lessons from those teachers. That's what it means to be a great teacher. On Shavuos, we commemorate and celebrate learning from the greatest teacher of all, from God, the Almighty. When God taught us the Aseris Adibros, the Ten Commandments, there's no greater teacher than that. But there are teachers, rare, but there are teachers who have this gift that Rav Elchanan had to be able to understand and appreciate, to relate to your students as if they are your children, and to have your students understand and recognize your care and concern for them as if they are your children. We have the potential for that greatness ourselves. Now, the truth is, it could be that few of us are capable of the heroism, the selflessness, the sacrifice of Rebbe Chana Wasserman. 
But every single one of us is capable of once in a while going over to a young person and to give that person, him or her, some words of encouragement that you would offer to someone you really care about. Because here's the truth. You never know what a word, a positive word, an encouraging word, a helpful word, you never know how much that will accomplish. It could very well come at just the moment that that person needs to hear it. It could have an impact that you would never imagine, and you may never know about it. But you could transform someone else's life. You could give someone the ability to be able to overcome some challenge, to meet some obstacle that they would not have been able to do without your word at that moment. Just a word. Just a line, just a phrase. Parents must be teachers. Teachers can be parents. But we can all be teachers. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, a wonderful Shabbos, and a transcendent Shavuos. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.